0: okay <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I'm your host, Richard Waith, and I'm excited here to have Dr. Tony Dow. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So you have a lot going on and I'm really excited to uh, to dive into it and we'll first uh, uh, let the listeners you know get introduced to you and then we'll go into you know talking about your current role or talk about the IT podcast you got going on a couple more things around technology so I'm excited so um, but before we get into all that can you please just give us a little background history about you and let the listeners know a little bit about yourself
1: uh, yeah sure so my name is Tony Dow and currently I am a pharmacy is or informatics specialist at Chalk Children's, and that's a hospital, a pediatric hospital in Orange County. And yeah, my career path has been very non-traditional. So I went to pharmacy school at the USC School of Pharmacy. I graduated in 2012, not really knowing in during school what I was going to do, but I knew that, you know, my my strengths have always been with technology. So when I found out that, you know, the pharmacy technology world is actually something that is expanding, I tried to find a way to get into it. I was kind of really lucky that I had really good preceptors that allowed me during my appies to take on projects that involve some kind of, you know, computer related thing. Like, for example, at one of the hospitals, they needed a way to educate their medical residents on how to prescribe medications correctly. So I kind of made that into an electronic thing where I had a flash based module that the providers would have to go through so that they go through the motions of learning how to prescribe and then take a quiz at the end. And then, you know, that gives them a certificate that's logged into a file. So that was like just a minor IT related thing. I kind of just kept doing that in my appies so that, you know, all my preceptors kind of knew. So for my graduation, I finished and got my license. And at that moment, I got a call from a hospital kind of a little bit further away from me in Ventura County. And They offered me to, well, they didn't offer me, but they asked me to come in to interview because they were moving to get rid of the current EMR system and move it into a brand new system. So they needed someone on their team that was a pharmacist, and they wanted to get someone that was fairly uh, new grad so that they have the more updated clinical knowledge, right? So that's kind of like what I did, and then I interviewed, and then they hired me, and, you know, kind of the rest is history. Worked there for... A good number of years, like about five to six years, was on their implementation team, implemented the new system and then stayed on for optimization and uh, new projects. So uh, that's kind of like my my pharmacy career path.
0: Wow. So, I mean, that is you. But you it sounds like you knew right off the bat, though, kind of that you were kind of going to you wanted to go in informatics like you knew you knew kind of early on in your career, right?
1: I I would say I could have known earlier, but yes, I I didn't know early on because at the time, informatics wasn't as widely educated in the different pharmacy schools. And I I know that for me, I did not really get any curriculum on it when I was in school. It was kind of like more of a, you know, I was researching what kind of opportunities are there out there for a pharmacist. And I saw that that was something that was like really interesting to me because I always had a, a hobbyist interest in programming and you know, working with computers and things like that. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. I could combine my IT like hobbyist background with what I'm learning in pharmacy school so that, you know, we can improve healthcare by combining those two. So, so yeah, I, I didn't learn as early as I should. But I learned early enough that I was able to get into the field, if if that answers your question.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. So I want to I want to get into your day to day. But before that, you know, I have a question. I feel like I've asked this before to other people. And I and it's I feel like it's a difficult thing to articulate. So I want to see if you can help. So the, the question is, like, when someone asks you, like, what is informatics? Whenever I ask someone that I always get like a kind of a different answer as to, you know, how to answer that question. Now, If someone were to ask you, what is informatics, especially as it relates to pharmacy, what would you, how would you kind of break that down and explain that to them?
1: So my quick answer for that is actually pharmacy informatics is leveraging technology and data analytics to improve pharmacy workflow and patient care. Like that's my one liner for it, because it kind of sums up everything that you can see from the little niches of informatics into like one sentence. But if you want to go into detail about that, It's a little bit more complicated. And I don't really know if I would have time to explain that whole process. (laughs) Yeah. I've had students ask me and, you know, it may take an hour or two hours to even give them an explanation. Like, for example, I, I had a student on their appies that, you know, our pharmacy educator asked to have me go over what I do. And I went over exactly everything that I did, but I had to block out two hours of my day so that I can give them a really brief overview. A very brief overview in two hours. Gotcha. (laughs) And, you know, like for for me, I'm only working in one aspect of pharmacy informatics. And from one pharmacy informaticist to another, you're going to get different answers in terms of what they do. Because the field, even though it's a niche field within the field itself, there are so many more niche fields in it. So you can be an outpatient informatics pharmacist, or someone that works on claims adjudication, or you can be working on the inpatient side that works on you know making the hospital workflow better with automated dispensing cabinets and um, smart pumps that communicate with the EHR or IV workflows, which is mostly of what I do. And then there's also other aspects where I spoke with a pharmacist recently that works on a a robot for patients to speak with and ask about their medications. Or another pharmacist I spoke with who works for the company for KitCheck. And KitCheck is the the company that does a crash cart um, RFID scanning. So there's a lot of different avenues in pharmacy informatics.
0: That's that's crazy. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to kind of, I guess, extrapolate a little bit of it, kind of going through your day-to-day. So what is the typical day for you look like in your current role? If you can walk us through, you know, a, a high-level overview of what that's normally like.
1: I'm sure. I guess my day-to-day is like broken down into two main parts. And uh, the first part are break fixes. So break fixes, it really means when functionality is expected to work in a certain way and it needs to go through some troubleshooting to be fixed. So that's one part of the day. And the other part of the day is through maintenance of current systems and then projects that are upcoming. So going back on break fixes, I guess uh, this typically comes through phone calls or emails or the IT ticketing system. And in the process of fixing things, you have to identify what the underlying issue is. And with a complicated health system that has so many different technology pieces affecting the medication use process, any one tiny mistake in any step can break the whole process. And a lot of my time is trying to figure out where that break is in order to fix it. And, you know, the other thing is once that problem is identified, I have to strategize and triage if it's like an urgent or non-urgent issue. You know, if the nurse can't take a medication out from the pixis and it's like a stat med, of course, that's going to be an urgent issue. And, you know, for urgent issues, there's also what can we do now versus uh, what's the underlying thing that we need to fix. So yeah, it's like kind of band-aids versus underlying. And it can get more complicated as the health system becomes larger and then there's more technology pieces that get thrown in to uh, improve the workflow. So so yeah, that's the break-fixes part. And I could talk about some of the examples. Like for example, like in CPOE, which is computerized provider order entry, if a provider is expecting to find a certain medication and they can't find it, that's one of the break-fixes we need to fix and we need to identify was this actually supposed to be in the system versus it's not on formulary and we need to go through the proper channels. Uh, sometimes we have uh, issues of e-prescribe where our system will still show an obsolete NDC for the prescriber to use and we just need to like hide that or like I said earlier for Pixis machines our automated dispensing cabinet they're not able to retrieve certain medications. Sometimes the nurse on their MAR the medication administration record they're unable to chart because the medication was not fully built out correctly There's like technical pieces in the background that need to be built or building that needs to be built. Some other things are like IV workflows where our IV workflow software may not be receiving the right information for the technicians to fill the IV correctly or prepare the IV correctly. And there's other aspects like barcode and medication administration. And if they are unable to scan the medication and it says, oh, this med cannot be identified, I must identify where it was in the steps that they forgot to put the barcode into the system. And, you know, and then there's also clinical decision support, which is alert fatigue, too many alerts, alerts that don't matter, alerts that are not clinically relevant, trying to figure out, you know, how to tease those out. And the typical things that happen a lot in inpatient settings is configuring the pharmacy batches. So certain hours of the day, a batch of like the next 24 hours will be printed for medications and... Uh, Part of that is uh, configuring it so that it prints at the correct time for the correct meds and the correct type of meds. So those are some of the break fixes that I work on. And I guess for maintenance and projects, uh, for maintenance, it's like there's there's a lot of things that go on with maintenance uh, in terms of like, let's say, pharmacy shortages. So, I mean, you've heard of how pharmacy shortages have been, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've definitely heard.
1: Yeah, so pharmacy shortages are very common and they happen every day with like manufacturers switching out what they supply and all the things like that. So I always have to make sure the system itself is addressing those shortages by making sure that, Hey, whatever is short. Now I have to switch it out in the system so that the correct medication or NEC is being ordered. Um, and then I also have to put an alert in the system to remind providers, Hey, this other one is short. So please consider alternatives. There's also other things like newer alerts for if there's a formula change, I have to build those in or something called product stacking. So product stacking is related to like barcode and medication administration. So like if a nurse is scanning a acetaminophen 325 milligram, right, for the order of acetaminophen 325, they're not going to really care if it's a manufacturer A or manufacturer B. So we have to determine which medications can be stacked with each other so that when it scans, it kind of interchanges between the two. Because at the bedside, we're more worried about the clinical relevance of the medication and dose rather than the inventory. So so that's one of the things I also have to do. And um, there's also new medication entries, new order sentences, order sets. And whenever we have a new Pixis machine, we have to build those in. We also need to configure user access and then train pharmacists who are new to the hospital on how all of our technical systems work and what their role is in that. And we also have to make sure that pharmacy charges are being charged correctly. And one of the other things, part of maintenance is pharmacy optimization. And that's kind of like just a fancy term of like, how do I make the system better? So for example, when I started on my current role, I was kind of shocked to see that pharmacy was still doing clinical interventions and documenting it all on paper. And then on paper, they would be communicating it to the next pharmacist on shift by giving them the paper. And then they discuss it and things like that. So the problem with that is it's on paper and paper can get lost easily. And let's say there needs to be an audit to show that the pharmacy department is providing meaningful, like clinical interventions and care to the patient. It's hard to pull that data easily because you're going to have to collect all this paper and then tease through it to like organize by, you know, how much cost savings it was, how much patient care relevance it was. So part of pharmacy optimization is what I did was. I had all of that be recreated into the system as a form, like an electronic form with the required fields and you know some radio buttons for predefined uh, responses, so that pharmacists can use that in their workflow. And then it logs everything into a database that can be queried back later if an audit needed to be hap- uh, needed to occur. And also, it kind of optimizes the workflow because pharmacists aren't likely to lose communication now because it's already in the system. So any pharmacist on shift. They can go onto that electronic database and then see this intervention occurred this at this time and what happened with it and if it's still pending or if it's been completed up. So that's one of the, the reasons for uh, needing to optimize the pharmacy system. And other things too, like non formulary requests or pharmacokinetic documentation or order sets, those all kind of fall under pharmacy optimization. In terms of projects, I have a big project that I'm working on right now. It's oncology EHR. So we actually were on paper before. And we just went live with our oncology EHR project. A lot of that has to do with trying to leverage the technology we have and make it work for the workflow that we have in the oncology setting. So in the oncology setting, the pharmacy workflow is very complicated. So there's a, just to give a brief overview, they have to be verifying the entire cycle of that oncology order. And then they have to be verifying the day of treatment, the day before the day of treatment. And then on the day of treatment, they have to do a verify one and verify too for the dispensing. So you you can probably imagine how complicated that can be. And so part of my my role on that is to you know identify like what we can use with the technology to get this uh, become a safe practice. And then like upcoming projects I have are an antimicrobial stewardship module, an IV workflow upgrade to have our IV system not only do like camera. Well, actually let me back up a little bit and explain what the IV workflow is. So a technician in the IV room, the IV workflow system helps them with uh, step-by-step prepping the uh, IV compounding. So they'll at different steps, they'll take pictures and the pharmacist outside needs to verify that they drew up the right dose. And so the upcoming project is we're upgrading that to not only include camera pictures, but we're also going to be including specific gravity uh, measurements so that they also have to weigh it so that it's uh, more accurate to the specific gravity of the, of the dose. And then uh, another project in the future is smart pump interoperability, which is getting the smart pump to fully integrate with the EHR and communicate two ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are some of the current projects I'm having. And that's kind of a summary of my day today.
0: Okay. First of all, wow. Okay. I don't even think you took a single breath uh, from that, man. You did. That was amazing. That is, I mean, your job sounds super freaking cool, man. You, I can't imagine you like not having fun most of the time. Is that, Accurate.
1: Oh, it's it's fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The thing too, is that every day I'm always having something else to do. Like it's something unique all the time. So it's never boring, you know, like it's always like a, a new thing, a new fix, a new workflow. I'm always being challenged and I'm always being like needing to have creative thinking. And that's really fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, it you know, you went through a lot there and you went through a lot of, you know, both when in terms of workflow, in terms of, you know, things that are specific to, you know, healthcare and pharmacy. But one question I always have, and uh, especially when it comes to like informatics and technology is, you know, what is it about a pharmacist that makes us, you know... Ha- I guess, right for this type of role? Because, you know, there's people that go to school and, you know, all they do is, or whether whether it's school or, or on their own, they're in just, you know, learning on their own. All they're doing is learning, you know, informatics essentially. So what is it about like having a pharmacy background or, or just being a pharmacist that really makes it right, you know, makes it be a right fit for that type of role?
1: So what I think is for pharmacists, there's a lot of them, um, by nature, pharmacists have an attention to detail. So that's one big aspect of it. And the other thing is, Like just to speak from my setting, in a hospital setting, the medication use process kind of touches on every department. But if you look at the different professions, pharmacists are kind of the key holders of the whole medication use process where they understand right from when the provider sees the patient places the order, they see through the medication all the way to the moment where the nurse administers it. So being trained as a pharmacist, you kind of know all the steps that it takes from from ordering to transcribing to dispensing to administration. And by having that knowledge base, it gives you a good framework of knowing when and where technology can optimize a certain step. And then also knowing when and where technology can break and then affect downstream negative consequences. I think like that's why being a pharmacist is very good for this role because a pharmacist usually touches on Every single aspect of it, even if you're working as a staff pharmacist, right? In an inpatient um, setting, you're still going to be communicating so much with the providers and you're still going to be communicating so much with the nurses. So, yeah, that that's kind of like my take on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense actually. And I'm glad you articulated that and got that onto the world. I think that is you're absolutely right. There's so many different reasons why, you know, we're a great fit for it. And um and, and I think a lot of times we're we're a, a bridge between a lot of different things in healthcare. And I think it makes sense that we'd also be the bridge, especially when it comes to informatics and managing kind of as you mentioned, like the whole the whole journey of that particular medication and administration. So, okay. So a pharmacist that is either, you know, working now currently, or is it, or a student that's in school and they want to go into informatics, what's the best advice that you have for them? Even if you want to break it up, like students advice and then advice for a pharmacist, if they want to make a switch to uh, in careers.
1: Um, Yeah, sure. So for pharmacy students, I actually did mention on, uh, did mention this before on my own podcast. And I kind of break it down to what I call the four E's, which are explore, evolve, expose, and embrace. So for students, what do I mean about like exploring? When you're in school, like as a student, you have so many opportunities to explore. This is like where you're going to have that opportunity to explore. When you become a pharmacist, you may not have as much time to to find that exploration. And as a student, you also have opportunities to look at Ippies and APIs to see if like there's any practice sites that even have a a rotation in pharmacy informatics or just have an informatics pharmacist so that's a good way of trying to find your way into that niche by shadowing what what they're doing or being involved as an appy student the next thing i have is evolve right so evolve means there's a lot of resources out there right now and i I guess the one that most directly relates is ashp's section of pharmacy informatics and technology so evolve means you got to evolve your knowledge by finding these resources And that's one avenue. There's also the HIMSS conference, which you can try to attend and you'll meet so many really great people there. Just going to ASHP's major conference, there's actually a whole set of educational sessions based on pharmacy informatics. And even then, like if you don't want to know too much about pharmacy informatics in specifics, you can still go through basic programming just to know how data is stored and how relational databases work. Because that is a key thing that you need to know When you're going into that field of pharmacy informatics and for the next thing i want to say is uh, expose and that's to take action and do something so take opportunities that are available try not to be afraid even if you're afraid just take the leap a little bit do that for example for me in my rotations i've already stated i took the leap and just did that it related project even though it wasn't supposed to be it related and it was kind of just expose myself into that kind of using technology for healthcare and also another example is I've actually had a student before who she took the, the exposure step by putting herself in the pharmacy workflow and observing every single step that happens for two days. And then after that, she identified different gaps. And then after that, she recommended solutions for it, leveraging technology. And, you know, her doing that as an exercise put her in a better situation to say that she had an activity that would help her with pharmacy informatics and technology in the future. What I'm trying to say is have an open mindset. And um, always think that nothing is perfect and everything has room for improvement. And with that mentality, you'll be able to identify processes and rotations that you can take on projects to benefit patients and colleagues around you. And then the last thing I want to say is embrace. So uh, this is to remember that when you are doing these activities, you got to embrace what you're doing. You got to make sure that when you're in that process of learning, give it your all. And people around you will notice. People around you, like uh, one of my colleagues said it best. He said, every day is an audition. So people around you will notice what you're doing. And if you are embracing what you're learning in that process, then you will. people will know. <laughs> like I, I can't stress that enough. Like people will know. And I, I had um, one of my former students, um, Dr. Alex Vu. He was a guest on one of my previous episodes too. He took that embracing step to heart because he was a student at where I used to work. And he took on each project with enthusiasm and commitment. And he made sure to see through to some of the project ends. And even when he was no longer a student, he still came back to like try to see uh, how his project went and you know monitor it just just to know, right? So he showed a lot of interest in being part of our uh, go live and cutover. So we actually got to rehire him as an informatics intern, which was really cool. And, you know, today he's an informatics pharmacist for UCLA Medical Center. So, wow. that's that's kind of a success story right there. Yeah. So, as a student, remember, you're given that opportunity to learn as much as you can before you're getting into the real world. So, take advantage of that. And as for pharmacists who are currently working, as for pharmacists who are trying to get into that field, a lot of the same things apply. But I know that, you know, time is not as, you know, available. So I would say you could also listen to podcasts. You can try to find, uh, YouTube videos. I know Brian Fung does a whole series of what informatics pharmacist does on YouTube. You can go to networking events like at your local association chapters. There's a lot of opportunities you can, you can go through. Actually, I want to plug, uh, pharmacistconnect.com. It's a vetted space for pharmacists where um, it's kind of like a cross between LinkedIn and Facebook Messenger. And it's also a way that I was able to network of more informatics pharmacists as well. So I think that's also another good avenue to go through.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you gave a plug to the pharmacistconnect.com, uh, the Slack channel. I don't talk about it enough on here, but uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing community. Uh, you know, it's it's us getting away from all the noise from some of the other social media platforms and you know it's very positive you know some people that are following saw the reddit thing I did um not too long ago where I just you know it's just so negative uh, the amount of comments and and kind of culture on the on the Reddit platform for pharmacy but the Slack channel it's it's filled with positivity it's filled with people doing great things just looking to help I've already gotten two or three business meetings out of there for my own you know for my own company you know so the network on the on there is amazing and and I highly would recommend I'll put it in the show notes people you know if you need to have an intern license or or be a a, a licensed pharmacist to be able to join you can go to Pharm- connect.com and i'll include that in the show notes as well so uh thanks for tony thanks for making a plug for that now you've we've talked a little bit sparingly about your podcast um, it's called pharmacy it and me can you tell us a little bit about that like why'd you start it and maybe go through some really cool things you've heard uh, you know as in some of the interviews on there
1: oh yeah sure so yeah so like you said my podcast is called pharmacy it and me and i kind of started it because i was honestly i listen to a lot of podcasts and i um i also have a separate podcast, not pharmacy related. That I've been doing for two years. So I had some experience in podcasting and I was thinking, Oh, I want to like listen to pharmacy informatics podcasts. And I didn't find one out there. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, I, yeah. And then students also asked me a lot too about like, uh, what else, uh, what other resources can they find or more information? And, you know, I give them like ASHP's website and AHIMA and HIMSS and all of that, but they, sometimes have a different way of learning and some of them actually prefer podcasts as well. So my goal with the podcast was to provide that avenue of anyone who listens to podcasts, they can find one on Pharmacy Informatics now, which is Pharmacy IT and Me. And I do a lot of short episodes because I do release it three times a week. And I want to be able to have short episodes that are more focused. And uh, some of the episodes are for people who are newcomers to informatics. So it's pharmacy interns, students, or even pharmacists that are trying to get into the field and they want to learn more. So I, I go over some basic concepts of like alert fatigue or CPOE, just introductions like that. Some of the other episodes where I've been doing are, are more of like what's going on in healthcare IT news uh, this past week, which I do like every Friday. And then normally on Wednesdays, I try to have different guests on the show and interview them about what they're currently doing in that pharmacy technology world. And like I said before, one pharmacist to the next pharmacist in informatics, it's completely different. So I wanted to provide a way where people who are interested in the field, they can kind of listen and hear about what kind of things informatics pharmacists can do and what kind of things they can do in different fields, like in outpatient, inpatient, mm-hmm. managed health, um, you know, things like that. And to answer your question about interesting things, I could say something immediately interesting that will be. An upcoming episode in a few weeks is uh, I interviewed a pharmacist uh, over at this company where they're working on a robot, a physical robot that stays with a patient, like kind of like in the outpatient setting or like at home or so. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of this robot is to kind of like be their robotic, like humanoid Siri, I guess. So focused on medication. So it will remind the patient when to take their medication and you know the patient can actually talk to it and ask questions wow. and uh, i think i think that was really interesting and she works with a creative writer on the company to to make the dialogue very you know creative and form a connection with the patient and she also mentioned it was quite funny for me to hear that they did a study on this a 6 week study and when they came back to robots uh, back from the patient or the patients actually didn't want to give back to robots because they formed like a, a connection with the robot. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, so. it's like a
0: pet, a pet almost. Wow. Well, well, th- thank you for that exclusive, uh, that exclusive look into an upcoming episode. So definitely people go, go tune in to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, that, that's really interesting. And I also recently did an interview too with um, one of the pharmacists over at Check, And that was another interesting interview as well. I'm just very interested to see like, you know, all these creative things that are happening with the field from like other pharmacists or in informatics but it's kind of like when I talk to them it's like man you I feel like you're not even doing the same job as me at all you know like Mm -hmm. completely separate field but it's it's still like within that umbrella of informatics and technology yeah
0: well I I mean I learned so much you know just kind of chopping it up here with you and um, I I appreciate all all the knowledge that you've you've given us and if someone wants to reach back out to you what's going to be the best way for them to, to stay connected
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so you guys can find me on LinkedIn. Just uh, search for Tony Dow. I'll be on LinkedIn. And you guys can also email me. You can email me at, I'll give you two emails. So one is Tony at PharmacyITME.com. Or you can also reach me at my my Gmail account, which is Tony farmd at gmail.com. And uh, I guess you'll be putting it in the show notes, right?
0: I'll definitely put them in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Tony, so much uh, for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was really, uh, really fun to actually finally speak with you. I know we've been playing this for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. we've, uh, we, And, you know, it's crazy, but, you know, we met on the Internet, like we met on social media and, you know, on some of these new platforms. And, um, you know, it's just a, an example of, you know, the networking that's happening on these on these platforms. everyone. First of all, thank you so much uh, for being a listener, for being a subscriber and taking in all the content that we're putting out. And, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, definitely make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms, um, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Um, we're on all those. And until next time, see you over the counter.